0: com. Matinee for the twins today as they try to take two out of three from the Red Sox at Fenway with Kenta Maeda seeking his first win of the season. Cubs try to make it five wins in a row and they host the Dodgers tonight with Jamison Tyone on the mound at Wrigley. The A's now a step closer to leaving Oakland after signing a binding agreement to buy land near the Las Vegas Strip with plans to build a 1.5 billion dollar 35,000 seat stadium there. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where every Thursday Bubba's boneless wings are half price. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.
1: It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you until uh one o'clock. Quick baseball note. Madison Baumgartner designated for assignment. Of course, him and Wilson Contreras had a little set do yesterday yeah. uh, in the St. Louis game. Mad Bum, is that
2: the end for him? I would think so. He is ready to go to his ranch. He had a hell of ATV. a career.
1: Trent. He was she was when he was on top for that, yeah. I don't know. Three, couple, three, four years of time. Mm-hmm. Boy, he was not unhittable, but boy, as good as there was. What about back to the Giants?
2: I mean, they need help, but <laughs> I don't the, know if he's a help.
1: Would he sell tickets? Would you buy I guess, it? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Uh, let's get David Eichold. Brian Ferentz. If you could sell tickets to this event here today, I'm guessing, especially if you get, there's a, a, you get to ask a question right. involved in that ticket, uh, would be a uh, tough one to get. Uh, and uh, David Eichold, Hawkeye dot com, part of the 24/7 Sports Network. He joins us, David Trenton Ken. Thank you for coming on that in a second, if you don't mind. We'll start with uh, with Chris Murray. I'm assuming that you were part of the media Zoom availability yesterday. With the now former Hawkeye player, soon to be NFL draft, NFL NBA draft pick, um, what did you learn from uh, from listening to uh, to Chris yesterday?
3: Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting press conference, and I think the one thing that really kind of made my ears perk up, you know, the Murrays, they're they're pretty low key, they're very straight to the point, but. Chris kind of opened up and he said, you know, after my senior year of high school, I didn't know if I'd even play college basketball. He mentioned that there weren't a lot of opportunities on the table for him. And then now you fast forward, you know, a couple of years later, he's projected to be a first-round draft pick. I know a lot of the mock drafts have him going late in the first round. Based on who I've talked to in the NBA circles, I, I truly believe he can go as high as maybe 13 to 20 range, 12 to 20 range. about what I'm expecting of him. I think he's going to work out really, really well, and of course, Keegan's success is going to help him, I think, maybe not directly translate to it, but maybe a little bit of bias for some of the scouts and some of the executives when they look at twin brother, who's doing what he's doing, but kind of said what we all kind of knew, he came back this season knowing it was going to be his last, he just wanted to work his way into a first-round draft pick, and he believes he has, and I think anybody who's watched and paid attention to him all year, uh, they're thinking the same thing.
2: How much did that injury that he had, the plantar fascia that he had back before mm-hmm. the Duke game, how much did that impact him throughout the season? We never heard excuses. We never heard it come up, but is that something that he dealt with all throughout the year? Do you know?
3: You know, so we, we did ask him about it. He didn't really directly address it, but what he basically said was that uh, it took him a little while to get his feet back under him, right? Mm-hmm. so. He said, There's no excuse for the way I shot the ball down the layer stretch of the season, but he did admit it, it took him a couple of weeks to kind of get his conditioning and get his rhythm back. But obviously, when he came back, it really translated immediately to Iowa starting to have some success again. So he didn't really point to it, but again, people who understand what that type of injury is and how much it can impact you yes, you can play, but it certainly does limit to you. I think you look at the way he played in the first five or six weeks of the season. I think he was a little bit more aggressive in going to the hoop, less post-ups. He was more aggressive trying to dunk on people and and doing some of those more aggressive moves. Then you look at the last half of the year, he was more perimeter-based. He was much more of a one-dribble, post-up kind of guy. Uh, So I think he did a nice job of adjusting his game, but I do think, again, he he had to translate some things uh, in order to have success.
1: Uh, He went through the process last year and apparently, uh, by all accounts, uh, had a very... Uh, successful uh, combine uh, period, if you will, in the workouts, etc. Uh, what was he asked to do? do? Did he share that with you guys at all yesterday, or if you, you go back to last year? Um, what was he asked to, that or, or told rather, that you might want to work on A, B, or C, uh, and did he feel that he was able to accomplish whatever he was asked to do or was recommended to do in preparation for this year's
3: draft? Yeah, you know, I think you look at what he did last year. Remember, he was invited to the NBA Combine. He he declined it. And you look at – and the reasoning was pretty smart, actually. You think about what if he had gone in the five-on-five portion of the Combine and he didn't play his best. That's going to stick in the scouts' minds even if he came back to the Combine a year later and did it again. They're still going to think about that type of performance. So I think that was smart of him. But you also need to remember this. It's almost overplayed about what you have to come back and work on because you look at what Chris Murray's role was at Iowa, right? He was Mr. Do-Everything. They ran the offense through him. Uh, And you look at what he's going to be in the NBA. I don't think he'll be a top-three option for whatever team he gets drafted. He's going to be a fourth or fifth option, be heavily relied upon to hit three-pointers, play defense, provide a spark, potentially off the bench, maybe in a similar role as Keegan this year. So, again, I think when people look at, oh, we should have came back and worked on this, when Chris Murray goes into these workouts, he's going to shoot the ball better than he did this year, and that's what's going to ultimately get him drafted. But the things I have heard is he needed to be a better offensive rebounder, he needed to shoot the ball better from the perimeter, and he just needed to show that sort of takeover ability. And I think he certainly showed the last one, the takeover ability, because I think you saw down the final stretch of the season, I think specifically the Minnesota game, I think he started 4 of 15, and he could have hung his head down and not taken another shot. He came back out and shot eight of twelve in the second half. He kept demanding the basketball. He kind of showed that killer instinct. So those were a couple things talking behind the scenes that they really wanted to see. And I certainly think he addressed it. As far as the shooting goes, I think teams know what kind of shooter that that Chris Murray is going to be in the NBA.
2: Fran, with some uh, comments uh, last, what was a Friday over at the Coaches vs Cancer event talking about the transfer portal, how you know, guys are being plucked from the mid-major level and being offered things before they even enter the portal. The portal can be a dirty word if you want it to be. He's in there shopping right now. Is it only BJ Mac? Is there anything else? If they strike out on BJ Mac, do they have a backup option?
3: They do. Not many names have been really coming up on our radar, but I do know that they are monitoring a few. But I will say this. From the Iowa side, Iowa feels pretty confident in, you know, potentially getting B.J. Mack. And I think the top competition right now is going to be South Carolina. He begins a South Carolina visit tomorrow. I think proximity to home may play a factor in this recruitment. But Iowa did a really nice job on the visit. He was very receptive. He likes the way that Iowa would utilize the skills. So he likes the, how he kind of fit in with the team. So I think Iowa's done a lot of things right in this recruitment. But, again, I think that they're going to continue to monitor the portal and it'll be interesting. Alabama could also play a factor, but a tip that I learned earlier this morning, I was remember, there's a high four-star in Papa Kenti who was signed to play for Michigan. Alabama really is really looking at him, mm-hmm. and if they pursue him, there might not be a spot for B.J. Mack at Alabama, or they'd really have to make some room. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this week during the, the South Carolina visit. But I do know that Iowa is certainly going to keep their eyes open because they know they
1: got to land at least one more guy through this portal. Uh, so uh, I would uh, I guess what uh, does Lisa Bluter and, and Lauren Betts was a name that was uh, high on everybody's list, <laughs> although the likelihood may have been, uh, as we know now, wasn't going to happen. and She's now a Bruin, went to UCLA. So having said that, uh, where is Bluter looking? Um, or is he even looking at that position? Do you know? What have you heard?
3: Yeah, so the Lauren Bet situation. Iowa did give a pitch, but I do think Lauren ultimately wanted to stay out west because she liked the environment there. She loves the academic side thing. She's, a, I think, she's an honor roll sort of caliber student as well. So that's a big get for UCLA. But Iowa is still looking at the portal. Anisha Morrow, they they try to get some traction with that. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. And you know, the reality is, if Haley Van Lith does commit to LSU, there's even more pressure for Lisa Bluder and Company yeah. to land. Up big out of the portal. I know maybe it's unfair to you know utilize or put that on. We look at UConn's going to be very good next year, and Kim is not going to slow down anytime soon. Angel Reese is doing her best to recruit. Haley. Iowa is still tracking the portal. I still believe they're going to ultimately get somebody out of the transfer portal, but I do think, given what I've heard behind the scenes, they need to be more aggressive for some of these top targets. I think Iowa, if anyone, has as much to sell as any program in the country, and we've talked about this last time I was on the show, this is a very rare opportunity for Iowa to emerge as a blue blood in the sport. You have the generational player in Caitlin Clark. There's, I believe, final four expectations next season as well, given what they're going to return. Uh, I do believe they are going to continue to look at a post, but it's going to be very interesting to see how Lisa Bluter and company handle this coming down the stretch.
2: So we jump over to football and a press conference, and maybe only in Iowa City do we get excited about press conferences, (laughs) but yet here we are. It'll be the first time that the media will have an opportunity to ask questions to Brian Ferentz since the change in his contract status uh, happened this past winter. So fill us in the details, kind of what you're preparing for, and I think most everybody also understands how this is going to go. We're going to get a lot of non-answers coming out from Brian Ferentz.
3: It's an unmitigated disaster. I mean, that's what it's going to be for the Brian Ferentz, portion. Kanye West's album, My Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy, is a perfect way to describe this press conference because, one, we're going to get a lot of great storylines to write about. I mean, there's going to be a lot of substance, I think, comes out of this press conference, whether it be answers or non-answers. But from the Brian Ferentz side of things, guys, I think you'll agree. There is no winning for Brian Ferentz no. in this press conference. Like there, He could say, I think accountability. We're addressing this, this, and this. Here's how we're fixing it. Nobody cares at this point. It's all about what the product on the field is going to be. That's, there's there's enough word salad that's come out of his mouth and a lot of the Iowa coaching staff's mouth about the offense. There's all the pressure in, this, in the world on this Iowa offense to make a transitional step and a big improvement next season, and that's the way it should be. But again, from the Brian Farrant side of things, no matter what questions we ask in this press conference, there's no winning in this press conference. It, it's not going to be good.
1: Does Phil Parker have to? Don't you think he has to go first? You, <laughs> why Why would you want to follow that? Right?
3: Because if Brian Farns goes last, the chances of him being on the podium are long or higher, longer or higher. So it, I would not be surprised me if they have Brian up there first. Just they can say, "Hey guys, we have three coordinators. We're going ah, to try to get okay. Uh-huh. that's what i would do if i was the iowa SEC. yeah because you know I mean, they, they understand what's about to happen here brian knows it. everybody that has a pulse on iowa football knows it i mean if, if i'm them i put up brian parents first you know maybe i probably shouldn't be giving him tips but <laughs> i'm sure they're already way ahead of that
2: how uh, long do you guys get today
3: that's a good question i would be surprised if i think we'll probably get about 20 minutes each okay. coordinator That's what I would estimate, at least.
2: Well, throw this out there for the radio audience. You'll do the same on your message board and on your podcast, but you guys are professionals. You're not going to go up there and say, hey, Brian, why does your offense suck? That's not how you do things. There is decorum that also needs to happen here. You still need to have a working relationship. I know you will ask very pointed questions, but... It's a two-side thing. You probably are not going to get the answers, but just kind of a preview of, of how this is going to be. This isn't going to be the media guys, the beat guys out there, yelling at Brian about why his offense stinks.
3: No, and that's what people need to understand, too. And I have tried to be very you know, cautious and explain, and explain this on my message board. There, you're right. There has to be a working relationship. Like That's like me going into an Iowa basketball press conference and Trey McCaffrey right after a basketball game where Iowa gives up 95 points. Hey, Fran, why is your defense stuck?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, why did yeah. you do that? There's certain ways you have to ask questions, and the way I've always viewed it is you can ask pointed questions, but fair and not gotcha questions. That's how you extract the best possible answer whatever they want to give you. Because the second you ask a, I don't want to say a derogatory question, but an attacking question, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything of substance. And the reality is, even if they give you something of substance when you do that, what's going to happen in the summer and fall press conferences? There's never going to be that same professional relationship. So I think that's a very undervalued part about what we have to do. And as I'm saying, it comes with the territory. You have to learn the art. There's an art to asking the right questions and the timing of asking said questions.
1: Yeah, uh, Ferris, uh, absolutely 100% correct. Uh, wh- what will Phil Parker be asked? What do you think, What where where does your board, or what does your board want to know about his defense?
3: I, I think a lot of things. I think, one, we need to see if Xavier Wampa's ready to be the caller on the back end yeah. as the safety, because Kayvon Merriweather is a tremendous communicator, so I'm eager to hear about his improvement. I would want to ask about the defensive line because I think this defensive line is as deep as I can remember, at least since I started covering the team. I would not be surprised if it goes nine to 10 deep. And there was a name I didn't talk about last time, Ontario Thompson. (laughs) No, I think he might be able to find a role as well, the defensive tackle spot. And then who's stepping up in the linebacker room? I think people are, I think people in Iowa fans and college football are criminally undervaluing the addition of Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson is no scrub. He's a three-time All-ACC guy. I think he's going to lead the Big Ten in tackles this year. I think he is a tremendous pickup for this linebacker room. But I'm eager to hear about Jay Higgins. I'm eager to hear about Carson Schrar and how the linebackers are progressing. And then, obviously, about Jamari Harris. Is he going to mm, right. go back to where he was a yep. couple years ago? I think there's a lot of intriguing storylines. And I've told you guys this, and I've told my message board this. I, I think it's impossible to say they'll be the same as last year, but this is going to be a top three, top five defense in the country, and I'd be surprised if they weren't.
2: I'm right there with you. They're going to be excellent again. That depth of the defensive line completely changes things. Maybe not a lot of depth of linebacker in the defensive back spots compared to past years, but those starters are as good as you're going to find. They're going to be top end again this season. One other question, last thing for me for you, David, and that is when you look at this squad, the way that they're built, they're still doing work. You guys do a ton of recruiting at 24 7. So the portal opened up on Saturday. What are you hearing right now in the portal for Iowa football? What they're looking at? We know wide receiver, one of those positions. Any names popping at this point?
3: Yeah, so wide receivers, I think they're keeping a little bit more behind the scenes. They're obviously still monitoring the portal. I still think there's going to be more people entering the portal from other teams, mm-hmm. wide receiver spots that will emerge as potential targets. But you mentioned how the defensive backroom isn't deep right now. Iowa did offer Rhode Island defensive back transfer, Antonio Carter, last night as well. And I think Iowa has a chance in that recruitment. He's being heavily pursued by a lot of power fives. So I think that's going to be a name to watch as well. So I think Iowa is only going to go after one wide receiver and they're going to look at one defensive back. But as you mentioned, we saw, you know, for everybody that wants Cooper DeGene to play offense, (laughs) look at what happened in that Nebraska game when he went out. Like that's why they are not going to play him on offense this year. I, you know, I think he'd be an intriguing option, but. I think Iowa needs to get two wide receivers, but uh, I think more names and more targets are going to end up popping up. But I know they're monitoring a few and they've made contact with a few, but there have not been many wide receiver offers to this point. I expect after Saturday and after Iowa's spring game, that's when we're really going to begin to hear some more buzz.
2: You know, if they got somebody like the Rhode Island kids, somebody that they think can be a starter from day one, does that mean Dejean goes to the cash position?
3: I do you know, I think that's the the intriguing part about this. I don't know how you take Sebastian Castro out of cash after yeah. what he did in the bowl game. I think he was arguably the most improved player at that point. And we saw Cooper DeGene at corner. I think you have to keep Cooper DeJean at corner at this point. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. Cooper DeJean is going to be a finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award this year if he stays at corner. I, I think there's too much playmaking. There's too much potential. You, you can't move him around. you got to keep him there.
1: He's a specialist. Yes, he my is. God, uh, David, great, uh, great bit with us here. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. As always, we read your stuff, Uh dot You'll have it all covered. Should be an eventful day to say the uh, our afternoon to say the very least. David, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Take care. Yep, good to talk to you, David Eicholt. Uh, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports, gets underway at 2 o'clock. So if you follow any of the Hawkeye media on Twitter, it uh, should be a busy afternoon on the old uh, app. Fair to say? Just a little bit.
2: Brian up first? Uh, you know what? I think Eichel's right. And then keep it on time. Yeah, got Sorry, on. we only had 20 minutes. We've got to get to LeVar and we've got to get to Phil. And, and you can't argue with Steve Rove, who's trying to keep <laughs> no. things all right? Well, Steve's coming to the end. Maybe this is the time that you actually do get to yell at him. <laughs> who's going to take his spot? Weitzel, I think it's a given, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I mean, Weitzel is what in his forties. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say for sure he is kind of the same kind of ascension we yep. saw out of Roe. Roe was a little bit older, but maybe early fifties when he got the the head job. Was he had it 12 years? Yeah, I'm trying to remember when when Hattie stepped aside. He was there a long time. He was, and in every picture. Yep. Steve Rose has been uh, at Iowa a long time. Not as good as Hattie, though. Hattie was the ace of that. Oh, he was um, right there. Yes, every He knew right time. where to go,
1: right where the cameras are. <laughs> yep. no, no doubt about it. All right, uh, time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide keyword, Win, for a chance to win $1,000. Win at KXNO.com. You will see the pop up box. You can't miss it. Uh, type the word win, win, kxno.com, your chance to win $1,000. More opportunities all throughout the remainder of our local programming. Murph and Andy from 1 to 3, The Drive with Heather and Sean from 3 until 6. Uh, we will recap What Matt Campbell shared with the Iowa State media, that started at noon. Hopefully, when we get set to grab Dave Sproul, it will have concluded. If not, we'll put him back off a couple of minutes until it does. But he's coming up with the latest on Matt Campbell's press conference. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.
0: Station KXNO.
2: If you own a house, you've got a huge asset and everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is, if you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renters Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset and stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to RentersWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse. You can't buy happiness at Construction Group. Fuller Associates
1: Family Dental offers a relaxed family-friendly atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated small business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry, located near the Grandview Golf Course, and now their brand-new location in Altoona at 509. 8th Street Southeast Fuller Family Dental Come see what the buzz is all about Fuller Dental
2: The NFL Draft is coming up next Thursday in Kansas City but before Goodell takes the stage it's your turn Join myself Trent Condon and Sean Roberts during The Drive on Thursday April 20th and you can make your pick for your team Live on the air. It's the KXO mock draft presented by Graphite Construction Group. We'll be at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, 1325 Southwest Oral Labor Road. Great wings, cold drinks, and a lot of NFL draft conversation. Thursday, April 20th from 4 to 6, powered by Graphite U. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Nigget, a Brick Gentry PC. He set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company, LLC or a corporation. With Rush Nigget's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Nigget, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to rushonbusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. Yeah,
0: now, back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent.
1: Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's uh, head to Ames, shall we? Dave Sproul covers Iowa State, amongst his other duties, at 1430 KSI. Ames little Cyclones football, basketball, etc., Ah, uh, Dave Sproul listened in to Matt Campbell as he met the media, what, uh, just over a half an hour ago, and Dave joins us. Dave, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Well, what'd you learn, Dave Sproul?
0: Uh, not a whole lot, as uh, typically happens at this time of year. Uh, Matt Campbell, as he usually is, fairly closely guarded, although he did lay out kind of some expectations, I guess, in the spring game. In terms of what fans are going to see, It's it's basically going to be not very different from uh what they do in a typical practice here during the spring. So there'll be some, you know, positional warmups and drills and then some scrimmages towards the end. So I don't think we're going to see uh, the scoreboard, you know, keeping a traditional score here. You're not going to see, uh, I don't think you'll see too many. You might see some officials out there. They often bring those in just to mm-hmm. get them some reps too and get used to how they're going to call games in the fall. But it's not going to be a traditional game in the sense that this is going to be offensive versus defense or starters versus backups or anything like that he just called it pretty typical practice for what they usually do in the spring
2: It makes a whole lot of sense and you certainly uh, look at the way that it's gone, gone across country spring games are kind of a thing of the past mm-hmm. and they're basically controlled scrimmages and that what we're going to get so who are some of the guys that you're going to be keeping your eye on on saturday who are some of the either young names or guys that need to take a step forward that are going to be catching your eyes on saturday
0: well, uh, first, you always look at the quarterbacks, obviously, first, just yep. see, you know, you know, how, uh, Hunter Deckers is looking out there. How's JJ Cole looking out there? You know, I mean, he's, he's a guy who enrolled in the spring, so he's going through this for the first time. Is he going to look comfortable out there? Is he going to show off, you know, the, some physical skills that might give him a chance to challenge for the starting job? Who knows? We'll, we'll see, I'm sure, some reps out of him. Always interesting to see what they do on the offensive line, I think. I'm not an expert on, on that kind of play, but who's in what positions, and Ryan Clanton spoke with the media last week, the new offensive line coach. He talked about something that Matt Campbell has talked about in the past, and it's just getting the five best guys out there. So maybe there's one or two guys who uh, were in a different position along the lines. Maybe they move to tackle the guard or something they need to do center. I'm not sure who that's going to be. So we'll see how that plays out. And Then on the defensive side, you know, linebacker, defensive back, guys like that, uh, we'll see how many of those, different names we see and there's some guys that are banged up Matt Campbell listed some of the some of the guys who've been limited as he puts it in practice Ted Shantanica at, at tight end and uh Kurtavis Norton Isaiah Lee along the the defensive line Jeremiah Cooper and other defenders been limited and, and he mentioned some other guys and that includes the offensive line so not a lot you know I wouldn't take anything away in terms of defensively here's the starter here's not uh, and Campbell pointed out himself there may be like four positions at most where he feels pretty sure Mm. he he knows who the starter is going to be in the fall because that's that's what spring practice is for it's not about deciding who's going to start it's just about development and evaluation
1: Uh, how much of the running backs or which of the running backs do you think will see more time on saturday was that asked at all about how the running back battles are shaping up
0: he didn't talk specifically about you know how many snaps a particular guy might get, but I I'm, I'm, I think we might see some gyro Brock. I wasn't really expecting it, but Brock actually talked to the media earlier in the season, earlier in the spring, uh, I should say, and he talked to his, his foot injury is 90%. In, and he said the bone has actually healed all the way. It's just a matter of getting his the strength back and the muscles, and you know, getting comfortable with cutting on it and things like that. So I, I I'm, if you took me back to the start of spring practice, I'd say you probably wouldn't see him on Saturday. But now I'm thinking he, you, there's a pretty good chance that you'll see him out there at least a little bit. And uh, AJ Harrison, the running back uh, uh, transfer from Stanford, um, he was asked about him specifically and had a good lot of good things to say, obviously about a guy who you know just came in. He's getting his feet wet at Iowa State, but I think he's a guy who's probably in line to get at least a few carries, uh, particularly with Norton uh, at least a little banged up.
2: Well, certainly going to be a fun look at this squad defensively. There's some holes out there. Defensive line amongst them. Uh, McDonald, just what kind of athlete he was off the edge. R.J. Anderson, the improvement we saw out of him and just the way that he built throughout his short career there at Iowa State. Up front, there's depth. There's pieces you're excited about, though. That depth maybe hit a little bit of a snag with Howard Brown entering the portal. Your thoughts up front for this Iowa State team? Yeah, that
0: that Howard Brown transfer really has a little bit surprising considering he was a guy who was going to get a lot of playing time Yep, uh, certainly so I'm not sure if that was a factor in his decision to move on or exactly I have no idea what his, his factors were in, in terms of that but I think I think that creates more opportunity for Dominic Orange I mean he's a guy who got some playing time last year and was going to get more already uh, this year Isaiah Lee who I mentioned is banged up might be limited but uh, he's a guy who's going to be kind of in that senior leadership role that he had from well, MJ Anderson wasn't senior last year but he certainly was a a leader along that front line for, for Iowa state so i think those two guys probably just became a lot more important for iowa state with uh, the departure of brown how many uh for the fans that are in
1: attendance how many uh, missed uh, jace gilbert field goals do you think we'll see on saturday
0: <laughs> <laughs> well uh at least one i mean they, they they practice uh special teams just like everything else and probably try enough kicks that uh, all the kickers will get a chance to miss one, so we'll see it it's, <laughs> it's another but it's kind of like offensive line. I don't know you know the mechanics Nexus knows that all that go into special teams and what uh what a good kicker should look like in terms of his form or whatever but uh we'll see if he uh if he handles himself with confidence or not or if he is if he can bang some long ones through and see where he stands, uh, because yeah, you're certain, you need a reliable kicker, as much as I would like to see every team just go for on 4th down all the time. That's not a very realistic possibility, so uh, yeah, we'll see if if, if Gilbert is out there, if he's banging him through, or somebody else steps up and, and shows uh, a little more uh, proficiency in the kicking department.
1: Uh, coaches are raving about TJ Tampa. Was uh, was Campbell asking the uh, Tampa questions?
0: Not specifically, no. And uh, His name didn't come up today, but uh maybe that shows as much as anything it's just kind of a given <laughs> you know you're going to get from TJ Temple which is very you know high level play and he's a guy who's going to be uh you know now with the departure of guys like Anthony Johnson in the back end of that defense he's going to have to step up and and be a leader for maybe that whole defensive unit you know, not just the secondary uh so i think i don't want to say it's taken for granted but it maybe it's just accepted uh that uh, that's a guy you're counting on that's a guy you have confidence in that he's going to be a, a very good you know, maybe even all conference caliber type of player uh, coming up in the fall.
2: Over to a little basketball as the backcourt gets a, a little bit stronger with the addition of Buffalo transfer Curtis Jones. A depth not going to be a problem. It doesn't look <laughs> so, like for this year's Iowa State team.
0: Yeah, certainly not in the backcourt. Right. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I, I've heard you guys talk about this sport Looks like I mean this is going to be kind of a small lineup for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I know the the kid from Wisconsin whose name I can't pronounce it starts uh, with an M. I learned.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mom Silovic or something like that? Yeah, Mom Silovic or something along those lines. Uh, you know, he's listed 6'8, Omaha Blues, 6'8, and Trey King, you know, he's like 6'7, plays a little bigger than that from what we saw last season. So those will be bringing some size up, up front. But what I State, I think, is getting in this three transfers here in the backcourt are guys who have really good numbers, certainly. I haven't you know, watched, I've seen some of the highlight film which doesn't tell you everything, obviously, but the numbers, they usually tell me a lot because, you know, when Gabe Kalsher, uh, uh transferred in, you looked at his numbers, they weren't great shooting numbers and they were hoping he'd get better, you know, and he really didn't get consistently good at the three-pointer eventually, but you got guys, all three of these guys have proven at least for one full season at the Division One level, they are good shooters. And that's a really big step for this Iowa State uh, offense. I think it's, you know the offense is still going to be predicated on the defense getting stops, creating turnovers, and and getting into the rhythm that way. But you'll have guys now who you can feel confident in when they pull up to shoot a three or drive to the hoop that they're going to be able to finish.
2: Um, they had a walk-on commit yesterday, Trent. Do, do we know anything? Yeah, Kate Kelderman. He was part yeah. of, uh, well, he's been part of Waukee basketball before the split the last four years. And part of the split is he made his way over. Great high school player. Calderman is how you say his last Kelderman. name? Kelderman. Kelderman. Okay. With an E. Had twin sisters that played at Waukee High a couple of years before that. Really solid high school player. Like He's a walk-on. Grew up a Cyclone fan. Excited mm-hmm. for him. But uh, he is he's a walk-on. Right. So may play some non-con. You're right.
1: Yeah, uh, interesting. Did, did you see him, Dave? Did Ames play against? Uh, did you do an Ames game when he was on the floor?
0: Yeah, actually saw him uh, play um, against Ames a couple seasons or season prior before Ames left the uh, the CIML. They played Walkie and Walkie Northwest on a regular basis, so I saw him uh, a couple times. And he were, Trent's right; he's a he's a good uh, high school player and a guy. I thought you know maybe. Uh, Mid major, mm-hmm. uh, or very least, you know he could probably be a very good def- uh, division two type of player. But uh, like you said, you know a guy wants to play at his dream school, and you get that opportunity. You're willing to walk on. You got to like that because that maybe sets an example for your program. You got a guy you can point and say, "Look, he's giving his all. He's not mm-hmm. getting the scholarship, but he's still here every day practicing and working hard because of his love for the school." And you want to reward that, and you want to kind of prop that up as an example of. Uh, where hard work can get you. Uh,
1: What kind of coverage at uh, KSI on your Twitter feed will you have for the spring game?
0: Uh, Probably some smart-alecky comments, you know, (laughs) here and there, but I I don't know. if I'll be uh, tweeting too much in the moment. Uh, Matt Campbell said it himself, and I think it's very reasonable to say, you don't want to draw too many broad conclusions out of one of 15 practices in the spring when you're really not preparing for the season so much as just trying to be a a better team all around. But, you know, we talked I'll be curious to see, you know, some of the depth where guys line up and, and some of the depth that they use. But other than that, I, I, I just I don't want to get too carried away with uh, drawing many conclusions. So, you know, I'll be looking for more fun stuff uh, and fun and/or funny stuff. Eh, just, just have a little fun with the day. That's my that's my goal.
1: Will you get an opportunity? Will the media get an opportunity after the event to uh, to, to talk to anybody, or is that, or is it over now?
0: No, after after the game, uh, Matt Campbell will speak to the media and they'll grab uh, at least a couple of players to talk with the media as well.
1: Good stuff, Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI is where you can hear Dave Sproul and you can hear Iowa State. That is the uh, Story County home of Iowa State Athletics. Dave, thank you. Uh, we'll uh, talk with you at some point next week. Thanks, Dave Sproul.
0: Well, I didn't they just call it talk twins today after that big win last night? That was, was a good game. one. Are they,
1: they're starting today? They have underway in Boston. Ah, that was a, a big, big win for the Twinkies. The first place Minnesota Twins. That's right. Uh, how about Gotta that? love it. Good stuff. Thank you, Dave. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You bet. Yep. Day Bye. Sprout, 1430 K A S I. Well, Trent, plays of the day. Are you bouncing all around? Going to cover the NHL, mm-hmm. the NBA, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball? Mm-hmm.
2: Going to throw any golf plays out there? It's already underway. I already got a couple of picks, but not a whole lot. I only made two bets this week in golf. That's low for you. But that is very low for me. Uh, what kind of event is it? Two-man tournaments, that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. I don't it, like those. No. It's, it's goofy. Golf's not a team sport. No. Not
1: at all. right. Uh 12.45. Miller and Condon back with Transplay of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3.
0: Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa.
1: Hi, right, Miller Condon. Welcome back. Final few minutes. couple of things. Trent's played the day coming up. Iowa Wild fell last night, so they have to come back and win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, if they want to advance, 7 o'clock puck drop. Love to see a full, build, full building down there uh, tomorrow. Uh, Trent, you and Sean Roberts, today you have your annual mock draft. It's at the Chicken Coop at Ankeny.
2: Give us more deets. Yeah, we'll be there starting at 3 o'clock with the drive. It'll be Sean and myself hosting today, and we'll get into the draft starting at 4 o'clock. You can stop out there get your placard and your favorite nfl team and you'll get a choice of whoever is left on the board at that point we'll go through that starting at four o'clock through six we'll have uh impacts we'll talk about it with russ carew the owner of graphite construction group a big nfl draft nick and it should be a lot of fun have some beers maybe some wings some wings chicken coop does it right out there take some Haven. wings home that's a good idea too take another uh, order of wings for your buddy See tomorrow, oh, 11 o'clock in the morning. I, I, I see what you're angling over there. Let's make some money. Uh, circus plays of the day. What have you got? We got uh, five plays here so far. Usually throughout the course of the day, they get added to. we We're going to kick things off with the NBA. I think the Nets are just dead. They yeah, played I well in the so first too. half in game two. Wasn't enough. Philadelphia didn't play well and cruised in that one. I think they cruise again. I am confident laying the four and a half with Philadelphia. Tonight, got a number for you. Okay. Dream on green when he's in. Defensively, Warriors give up 111 points per 100 possessions. When he is out, that number jumps to 119. I know everybody thinks Magic is back, back in the building. I believe we're going to get a compelling game. And for the first time, a team will cover but not win. The Kings plus the six and a hook. We will So grab the tight points. game, then. Tight games. Warriors win. Okay. Kings cover for the first time in this NBA playoffs. All right. That that will play out in baseball. Two plays. Diamondbacks plus 126 at home against the Padres. Also going to play the Mets minus 115 as they go to San Francisco. And then, you've been waiting for it, Ken Miller. Lay it on me. The hockey parlay. Yes. Lanch bounce back. Uh, yes. Leafs bounce back. Yes. Put them both together plus 141 at Circa. You do it at a place like a points bet, plus 124. Mm. Bet at Circa. Bet at Circa, indeed. Murph and Andy next to drive with
1: Sean and Trent today from the Chicken Coop, 3-6. to six. Have a great rest of your day. 106.3 KX 106.3 KXNO.